0: Welcome to Aeon's HR Talks Podcast Series, where we'll be covering a range of hot topics in company benefits, rewards, and well-being. In each episode, we'll be talking to experts in the field to hear their thoughts on key trends and themes and to share actionable insights. I'm your host, Olga Paskins from Aeon, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to today's podcast. Championing Diversity, Equity and Inclusion. (DEI). It's not a new theme for many organisations, but external factors are reinforcing the need for a robust DEI strategy and really accelerating the pressure on organisations to act and report on DEI goals. To start tackling some of these factors, AON have recently released a white paper titled Diversity, Equity and Inclusion in the Workplace. And here to talk to us today about the importance of embracing inclusivity is Avneet. Hi Avneet, thank you for joining us today. Please could you introduce yourself? Hi Olga,
1: thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, my name is Avneet Kaur and uh, I lead Aon's well-being solutions business for the EMEA region. On the diversity, equity and inclusion piece, basically you know how Aeon has viewed uh, the DEI piece boils down to employee well-being needs, because that is where all of the needs of uh, an individual are reflected. And the true meaning of actually embracing inclusivity is to understand how employees' uh, needs are different. And that is why, you know, uh, looking after well-being, um, I am then talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion.
0: That's great. Welcome to the podcast. So let's maybe start by talking about those external and internal pressures that organizations are facing now around this topic. Would you mind just kind of sharing what some of those pressures are? Thanks,
1: Olga. Yes, I think you did allude to, you know, some of these pieces uh, when you were just starting the podcast. So one of the, I think the basic things is that there is a lot more awareness now in the diversity Uh, equity and inclusion topic as a whole, people in general are more aware of, you know, the challenges or the gaps which exist or the discrepancies which exist uh, in in our world. Now to compound the effect, I think uh, we are all aware of the the murder of George Floyd. So uh, that definitely was a very, very big tide changing a lot of things uh, or the way things are viewed globally. And another factor which i think uh, has has basically created a big external pressure is covid because uh, if you look at the impacts it has had on women being disproportionately affected on the on the professional front and uh, individuals with pre-existing illnesses having really adverse outcomes or even you know looking at global health inequalities in terms of being able to provide care or even now from a vaccination standpoint i think uh, uh, this this definitely has uh, increased a lot of pressure for organizations to think about how diversity equity and inclusion fits or impacts them as a business and and like you mentioned earlier uh, there is definitely pressure from the governments uh, regulatory requirements around hr disclosures uh, and, and, you know, the HR disclosures now have more a question on de Uh what, what is it that organizations are committing to do, how are they measuring it, how are they going to report it. Similarly, uh, on, on the other front, then uh, from a reporting standpoint, uh, publicly listed organizations uh, also need to think about attracting investors as there is a big spotlight now on ESG factors and uh, you know, sharing DEI strategy in action uh, has basically become an investor attraction strategy as well. And lastly, and I think the most important point uh, here is employees, uh, both prospective and current employees. They're very much aware of organizations' DEI practices and are really demanding equity for
0: all. Right. So what I think I hear you're saying is that actually embracing inclusivity is Extremely important in the workplace. Is that right?
1: So basically, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Olga very, very rightly said, embracing inclusivity is uh, definitely very important for the uh, for the organizations. Very important for the workplace. Uh, we do see employees becoming very selective and choosing. You know, which employers do they want to go and work for? Because currently, the labor market is looking very good. Employees have an option to select and. Once you know, uh, you know, the employee comes in. Uh, even looking at the performance of uh, the whole organization or or big teams, having a diverse uh, population or diverse teams, uh, we all know impacts or is is better for business results. We have seen uh, greater innovation revenues. We have seen um, an increase of. Or, or a betterment of performance by approximately 30% as well if, if uh, we look at some of the research uh, which exists in the market. And uh, one of the other things which I should mention is, um, and this is something which has come through uh, in uh, our recent work which we did on uh, organizational risk Uh, that reputational damage is uh, one of the major risk factors which organizations are are really focusing on. And diversity, equity, and inclusion, making sure that you have a strong strategy around it and you are implementing a good strategy across the organization, definitely defends you against um, brand and reputation risk, which I think are identified as key concerns uh, of of the C-suite globally.
0: Thanks for sharing that, Avani. That's really interesting. So I guess organizations might be wondering how they can establish and maintain strong inclusion and diversity practices. Are there any tips you can provide in this space?
1: Sure, Olga. I think the first thing I'd say is come to your and we'll tell you how to do it. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, definitely, uh, you know, a, a lot of times what we are seeing uh, a lot of our clients do is uh, they're focusing or working in silos. So, of course, uh, you know the board, board level or board members, they have their their specific agenda. But looking across, uh, you know, the people strategy as well, uh, usually the human capital, human capital discussions, the benefit discussions, and generally the ESG teams, they all uh, sometimes are not talking to each other. So, I think that is very important to break organizational silos and and interconnect and uh, work across all of the different business lines or uh, the different responsibility-owning uh, teams to make sure that the efforts are combined and uh, the organization is that communicating their DEI efforts uh, very well internally and externally because, because they both uh, are very valuable and they're very important. And I would say there are four broad key areas to think around um, how, uh, you know, different elements could work together. So uh, I would start by talking about organizational governance. So thinking about board level diversity or thinking about ESG reporting and investor attraction or reputational risk uh, from that standpoint. Uh, The second uh, area here would be from the people strategy perspective, Thinking about need based health and well being benefits design, Uh, having an open dialogue with your employees, Uh, thinking about pay equity, talent mobility, and recruitment um, uh, equity. I think think that that really is important. And uh, another element which I think uh, a lot of businesses are now uh, waking up and looking at is uh, new customer base. So when they think about or when they're developing their products, thinking about how can they diversify their current offering to acquire customers who are not mainstream? So uh, definitely thinking about more uh, of a first mover, getting a first mover advantage and and less less competition. And lastly, I think, which is very important is the community impact, which there could be multiple channels to, to go via this. So thinking about diverse supply chains uh, or promoting good business practices or hiring from a diverse talent pool basically helps to grow communities, which might be, you know, not located in the main cities or the main areas of business uh, can can definitely contribute a lot to, to growth and development globally,
0: globally. Thanks for sharing all these practical steps, Avneet. That's really interesting. And I wonder if from some of the work you've done with clients if there are any examples of a workplace that's really reinvented their DEI strategy and maybe you could also share how they actually implemented this as well
1: sure absolutely olga i think i think this is a very um, you know very very fair question from a practicality purpose uh, we do see um, a lot of clients realizing that they need to avoid you know, being called light, light green washing uh, or doing diversity washing and really show action because the impacts of uh, the challenges are really being felt now. Uh, so, for example, one of our clients, which, you know, we recently finished a project for is a technology company who were really seeing their female talent uh, going to competitors, you know, because of the way their benefits were designed or be- because of the way their whole work culture was designed. And they wanted to understand what is it that they could do to uh, manage this talent train. And I think one of the first things which I did tell them, or one of the good things about this whole, um, you know, review of the project was at least the client knew what the problem was because a lot of times we do, do need to figure it out and pinpoint what the challenges are. So this was a good starting point to know uh, what are we trying to solve for. And what we did, we basically started or with a wide net of understanding what do their DEI policies, or even generally what are their benefits look like, what are their pay actually looks like, and uh, overall we tried to review their benefits across you know the different diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, factors, uh, the different employee needs which we know, and. From that initial assessment, we then focused on women because that was something which was the burning topic, but we did identify a couple of the other areas as well. Uh, We looked at what uh, could be done. uh, So, for example, supporting uh, women more, you know, let's say throughout the health uh, or uh, well-being journey, thinking about what are some of the illnesses which uh, which women are more prone to. How could we address or uh, put some material to support that how could we provide greater flexibility understand that uh, women probably have a more um, important role to play in their family uh, how could we support them in taking care of their families if, if that that was the situation which uh you know their their employees were in and really then thinking about okay uh which countries do we want to start with, because this was a global overview which we were having, and how? what is the level of maturity in the market? How can we actually cross-leverage some of these solutions? And we have just uh, launched uh, or uh, implemented a revived policy in January for them, uh, which is going live in uh, three pilot countries. We did uh, the review for 46 uh, countries, but we are piloting in three markets and then uh, would pick up the learnings from there and then move forward on that.
0: Brilliant, thank you for sharing that. I think you know, hearing a real client example really brings it to life, this concept of having a DE&I strategy that really addresses the issues that a company is experiencing. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I, I know we've discussed the importance of the company having a DE&I strategy, but how do you really bring it all together to provide the impact that we want to achieve. Yeah,
1: thanks, Olga. Yeah, I think this is a very, very valid question to make sure how to you know practically implement uh, all of these solutions and make uh, your DEI strategy a success. I think basically it starts with bringing in leadership, to support and ensure that uh, you know leaders are acting as visible role models. And there is transparency in commitments, and all people leaders are actually participating in this, and this is an organization-wide effort. So leadership support, I think, I think definitely is uh, key. Uh, second, I think the next important point is how does your DEI values or DEI strategy overlay with your business priorities or business values? What is the connect that you're making there to make sure? That you know everybody understand that this is critical for business success, and alongside this, thinking about uh, responsibilities, thinking about measurable progress, I think that that really is very important. Uh, third thing which I would say is making sure that you have a two-way employee communication because they are uh, employees are actually uh, a big stakeholder and in all of the decisions, right? So thinking about uh, having a regular dialogue with employees or getting employee participation as you're planning through uh, your diversity, equity, inclusion policies, I think that that becomes really important. And, you know, purely from a benefit standpoint or, you know, health and well-being benefit standpoint, I, I think going back to the point which I mentioned again was thinking about what the needs are, Why are we actually trying to do uh, or implement diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy? What employee population uh, is it that I'm trying to solve for? How can I address those needs? I think that really becomes very important. And lastly, I would say uh, something which I mentioned again. So making sure that your diversity, equity, and inclusion commitments are very clearly visible internally and externally. And they form a core part or a core pillar of your business identity, I think uh, really should help in bringing uh, the desired impact from, from DEI strategies.
0: That's great. That's some really great practical tips you've just given there. And I guess, you know, just to just to sum up and taking all that we've just discussed into consideration, where is actually best to start to address the needs of a more inclusive workforce? What's that first step that organizations should take?
1: Oh, Olga, I think um, thinking about de health and well-being benefits or health and well-being policies, it's uh, no different than any other design problem. I think the key is basically to start by identifying the need What is it that we are trying to solve for, right? And in order to do that, I think the first step is to definitely look at what is the composition of your current workforce and uh, then think about uh, how does diversity, equity and inclusion uh, strategy align with your business vision and purpose. And of course, you know, then comes the step of reviewing what your current uh, benefit offering is or even, uh, you know, your career progression offering is. I think, I think that is, that is where it uh, should be going. And the last thing I would mention is, you know, the first thing that we started with, make sure that you're not working in silos. You are uh, connected across all of the different business teams who would be working on the on the topic of uh, diversity, equity and inclusion.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, Avneet, for this really insightful conversation today. Thanks, Olga.
1: Thank you for having me. It was really good to have a discussion with you. And uh, yeah, thank you so much.
0: If you enjoyed today's conversation, look out for more HR Talks episodes from Aon. If you have any questions or would like to find out more, please email us at letstalkbenefits at aon.co.uk or head to our website, aon.co.uk forward slash employee benefits.